Hey, I'm Zanzi and welcome to Farmer's Inside Track. This is episode 245. I'm your host, Donumdu. Felix Moichir, Associate Professor in Animal Breeding and Production Systems at the Faculty of Agronomy and Agri-Sciences at the University of Chang in Cameroon, joins us in this edition to talk more about stingless bees. Yep, you heard right. Stingless bees. I got to pick his brain about his research on stingless bees, where they are commonly found, more about their behavior, and so much more. We've split this edition into two parts, so I hope you find part one as insightful as I did. Enjoy. Professor Felix, thank you so much for joining us here on Farmers Inside Track. It's a real pleasure to have you join us. Where are you connecting from? I'm connecting from Chang. Chang is uh, my university, is the campus, and the university is located in the western highlands of Cameroon, 1,400 meters above sea level. It's a bit rural university because the town is a very small one, and it's one of the biggest universities in the country, and he has been uh, ranked as one of the best universities in Central Africa for these last years. Oh, wow. Such a pleasure to have you join us. I was just commenting on how beautiful the birds are in the background. And it's so great to have you with us, Professor. And I usually like to start, you know, with just a bit of an introduction, more about yourself, your work within the agricultural space, and more specifically your work at Chang University. I've been trained as agri-engineer, engineer, major in livestock sector. After more than 10 years in private sector, I've been working with poultry industry. Later on, I moved to NGO, working on international environmental issues, particularly what we call adapted technologies towards the, the deforestation, particularly, and also the soil and water conservation. Later on, again, I moved from that sector to fair trade between Cameroon and Switzerland. For more than seven years, I was in charge of training people, rural people, and to transform the system into more sustainable system, particularly for fruits and also uh, drying fruits to avoid perishability of some of these fruits. Because we have a lot of fruits in Cameroon and most of them would decay and uh, disappear less than few days after harvest. So my work was focused on during the days or the years I worked with that company was on how they can maintain the quality of fruits by using technologies and by using itineraries that were exactly more adapted. And later on again, I moved from that sector to the university, to the higher education. I did master's in geography and environment, another master's in animal breeding, and later on a PhD in animal breeding and production system. I'm currently the head of Department of Animal Science and heading the technology and bioinformatics. So that is a bit about me and my area of interest is about biodiversity. I work a lot about biodiversity, ecological systems, and my ambition is to build, is to try to build, to understand first and to build different pathways of doing agriculture without destroying the environment, but doing it and maintaining the food systems and also the other ecological system attached to food systems. Absolutely amazing, Professor. And I already got really excited when I started thinking about the other things you could share with us, the other work that you've done within agriculture. 
that you can share with our Farmers Inside Track listeners. And it's a real pleasure once again to have you here with us and for me to be able to pick your brain. In this episode, we're specifically focusing on your research around stingless bees. Maybe you can tell us more about this specific work. As much as I'm excited about all the avenues that you've worked in, this specific podcast is focused on these stingless bees. You know, honestly, I didn't even know they existed until a few weeks ago. So Mm -hmm. tell us more about your work and research focus with them. Thank you so much. After 10 years of working on bees, what we call African bees, particularly in our area, African bees have been not introduced because they are all over the place, but they are known to be very aggressive and people are more or less you know, not excited while thinking of keeping bees. But we need bees because pollination is becoming a problem for fruit trees and for fruit plants because we know most of plants that we are using in our food system depend on insects for the pollination. From local knowledge, from indigenous knowledge, it happened that beside what we call bees, normal honey bees, there are some other insects that usually make honey, though in smaller quantity, very instrumental. I think I was really excited during the very first continental symposium on honeybees and pollination in Cairo, Egypt, in 2015. And during that conference, there was a colleague from Ghana who has identified some of these bees in the forest environment, who was trying to understand exactly the biology, the genetics, and also the husbandry, the possible husbandry of that species. So finally, while coming back to Cameroon, I decided to introduce that species and start doing inventory. So the very first step of the work we are trying to do is to finalize the inventory that have been started by some other colleagues. I have a colleague of mine, a tight friend, he did PhD just about inventory, but not about the husbandry. So my focus now was to, let's say, finalize the, the inventory and go beyond now to uh, husbandry and try to understand exactly what can we gain beside pollination from these bees. And the work now is these last four years, we have been able to identify new species, species that are completely new, not known. And that can be found and integrated also in the production system. I mean, has pollinators, firstly, that is an ecological service that could be very interesting. Why? Because uh, pesticides and insecticides that have been used in uh, agri-system are destroying most of the pollinators. And is obvious if uh, when we speak with some farmers, they are complaining because uh, yields are declining though they are investing a lot in fertilizers. And reason, one reason can be the absence or also the, also the decline tendency of pollinators because pollinators have been killed by pesticides. So beside even the honey, the interest we are having in stingless bees is to have alternative, alternative pollinators that can be managed, introduced, kept genuinely, and then introduced in farm system to be better pollinators and to, com- and to complete the activity of pollination that have been done by other insects because they are known to be very excellent pollinators. It's very easy to understand because the activity is at the same time 
to harvest a bit of nectar and of pollen. And we know the two, by having this type of activity, mixing up and they are helping, they're facilitating the pollination process. So this is why the reason, the main reason why we are interested in that particular area. Thank you so much for that overview, Professor. It definitely gave me a better understanding of how they work and obviously their role within this bigger ecosystem and ultimately, you know, aiding in food security within Africa. Maybe you can tell us a bit about where they are commonly found. And I think you've briefly touched on it, but more around their behavior and the types of species that are commonly known and more to do with your research. And I must also ask this question, should we fear them less because they cannot sting? Because what I've heard is that they have powerful mandibles and they can inflict pretty painful bites. Are they as, I don't like the term aggressive, but are they more defensive also as the honeybee would be or bees that do sting? I don't know how to kind of differentiate between the two. Maybe you can you know, help me with the terminology a little bit. Thank you so much. And concerning the species and the genera, because they are so numerous. In Cameroon, I think for now, we have identified through literature and some of the colleagues, more than 35 or 37 species around. The most common that is known in the Western Highlands is Ipotrigona, because Ipotrigona is a species that can live very close to house. Usually where we have little holes, they can build their nest there. And uh, they are very small. They're very minute one. They're not aggressive at all. The, the products that process that honey is not really used, but they are used as pollinators for smaller plants. So that one is very common, Ipotrigona. That one is not the one we are interested in. The one we are interested in is Melipona, because Melipona build bigger colonies and can give, I think, a heavier quantity of honey, and they can be found in trees in all trees, because in holes, usually they don't have holes. When there is a hole somewhere in the tree, they just come then in and they build a nest inside. There are some other species that have been found in forests that build their hives on the ground. And it's very interesting to see those who are building their hives on the ground, and they're using that system to maintain their colony and then uh, propagate around. I've not yet understood, or maybe uh, even experienced, Stingless bees doing harm to anyone. I know they are very small, so uh, sometimes they can enter ears or eyes, but accidentally, not because they are aggressive, for what I've noticed till now. And there are some other that are bigger, that can be bigger than like housefly, but they are stingless. For the mandible, I'm not quite sure, because they are using the mandible most of the time to be able to process the wax because the hive per se is built based on wax. So they need to chew wood and some other products extracted from trees and they mix everything to make the material that helps them to build their the hives. So uh, concerning some other behaviors that they may have, I'm not quite sure that I can go to that now because our experience now is trying, we are trying to get white colony and see how to tame them to be able to have them reproduce and propagate using artificial hives that we are trying to build. We have already successfully 
try one from 1,600 meters above sea level to bring them down to 700 meters above sea level to see if they can live there and propagate. My team was in the forest this last month to collect and identify some other, some other species, see how they behave naturally of their uh, the natural hives, the direction, the way they build the hives, that can help us to do a kind of engineering to build artificial hives where they can live and then we can use and still now propagate them. We are doing it because the deforestation is a danger to uh, this community of stingless bees because most of them, as I said earlier, are building their hives inside the trees, trees that are still green, even sometimes already dried, but uh, that are unknown by communities, by human communities. So I think uh, the area now of behavior in a human context, in human environment, maybe may differ. But for now, we can anticipate that when times come, we are going to also evaluate some features you are mentioning. And that's a wrap. Don't miss part two on stingless bees with Professor Felix Moichier, Associate Professor in Animal Breeding and Production Systems at the Faculty of Agronomy and Agricultural Sciences at the University of Chang in Cameroon. From me, Don Numdu, our technical producer, Megan van der Fendt, and the rest of the hashtag Team Food from Zanzi. Until next time, keep farming, keep thriving, and to the beekeepers listening, happy beekeeping. Bye for now. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.